This episode is sponsored by the Sultry Listeners Awards, a celebration of romance audiobooks. Voting in the semifinals is in full swing, so make sure to cast your votes. Learn more at www.sultrylisteners.com. Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 12 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I'm chatting with narrator Gregory Salinas. Greg, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I actually figured out and found out exactly how I quote unquote learned about you in prepping for this chat of mine because oh. you've been on my reader for many many years I've listened to your books and stuff like that but I hadn't had a chance to get you on the podcast yet but I, I was like how did I come across him and thank you to Facebook and keeping really track you know good track about stuff that we do hint hint if you don't want to ever get caught doing something not good don't do this um <laughs> <laughs> It was about six years ago, there was a post by um, one of the photographers that I'm, she's had been on the podcast years ago too, and it's probably going to kill her name. Taria Reed. Yes, thank you, Taria <laughs> I know yes. exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. And, Amazing you know, photographer. <laughs> yes, and you know, such a talent, and, and, and she has such a good eye, and so she and I have been, you know, social media friends for, for years now, and she, she, there's a picture of you and her. And in, in, in that descriptive of the post, it says, you know, great narrator da, 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 and all raving about you. And so I'm on the comments saying, goes to run off and find out more about Greg. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow, it's been years since I saw that post too. So six years. Wow. I, I, I met her at uh, Wild Wicked Weekend, yes. um, which is here in San Antonio. Um, that's where I am, San Antonio, Texas. And um, I had seen her covers uh plenty on Facebook. I think I discovered her through Jane Ryland. I saw her at Wild Wicked Weekend, and it was the first time I'd ever seen somebody that I had known through social media, but never met. And it was kind of a, a starstruck moment. I was like, oh my gosh, I really like your work. And it was really cool to meet her. And I fangirled, basically, or fanboyed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, she's awesome. I, if it makes you feel any better, I did the exact same thing to her. Uh, even though we had been, uh, again, on social media friends for years, it was the uh, RT Book Lovers Convention in Vegas. And she was actually doing a photo shoot for uh, an upcoming book that she was going to do the cover for. And I wanted to just get some insight on how this that side of this world works. And so she let me in. And I was, you know, I actually helped with the with the photo shoot. I was like, okay, guys, and they're like taking their clothes off. I'm like, okay, we're good. <laughs> uh, so it was, she's awesome. I adore her. It's been a, a little while since we've talked to her, but it's uh, she's great. And that's how I discovered this awesome narrator. And so now I get to chat with you and have other people fall in love with you, as we all did many months ago. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we start by telling us a little bit more about yourself aside from going to these events and, and going fanboy over photographers and you know chatting with us as well so a little bit about yourself how long you've been narrating how you got started all right well let me look at my uh website and find out what i've said there oh. um, <laughs> yeah it has to even out right otherwise it's gonna be like wait i thought it was this <laughs> 
Um, so uh, there's always some fun stories, but uh, let me just go over what I've I've uh, yeah. This is why I this is why I get paid to read other people's work. I cannot make my own words. <laughs> um, so uh, I've been acting for a long time. Um, since I was a kid, and I actually went to a performing arts school, um, for instrumental music, and um, I uh, was interested in like uh, starting to minor in uh, musical theater. And I started acting and getting in plays and such. And that continued through college. Um, however, once I got to college, I was like, okay, there's no real way for me to become an actor. Um, so I decided to go to an English major, specifically literature. Oh. And so I learned how to close read um, and how to really, really invest myself in stories and such. And then I realized, I was like, I'm not happy trying to become a teacher my wife is a teacher my parents are teachers they are amazing and i thought hey i'm gonna be a teacher too and i was like i don't think i have it in me <laughs> and so i i got a little depressed for a while i was like i don't know what i'm gonna do and uh uh my mom wanted to do a class um that was going to be about uh learning how to do voiceovers and this class seemed a little fast-paced is the best way I can say it. And so I was like, hey, let me record a demo for you. And she said, only if I record one myself. And I did. And the next day, I got callbacks. Way to go, mom. Eight, yeah. <laughs> eight months after that, I quit my full-time job and uh, went for it full-time. And uh, I needed... I, luckily, my wife was so loving and so supportive. She helped me through my first couple of years. Um, and then after that, I was doing pretty well. And when she wanted to switch jobs, I was able to support her like she supported me with my Aww. narration business. And so it just felt so good. Um, sorry, I'm always getting lovey-dovey about my wife. Uh <laughs> That's a good thing, honey. That's a good thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah, one of the cool things I think about uh, that I have a, a bit of a leg up on some of the things on my narrating Mm -hmm. is that I have this uh, experience in close reading and this literature background from college. So while I do have an acting background, I have this deep love of reading, mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess you could say. Well, I mean, good thing too, because even though you're doing it out loud, right, and performing it, like you would a script, but you still have to read the damn thing. So, Oh, yes. <laughs> That's one of the things that people always say is like, oh, do you read the book before you narrate? It's like, yes, yes, I do. Uh, the only time I've ever had, uh, only time I've ever had a cold read is when they give it to me and they say, "Hey, we need you to record tomorrow," mm. like, uh, <laughs> which has happened not that often, but mm -hmm. it does happen. And I'm like, "Okay, do you have notes for me? <laughs> Can you tell me everything about the book?" And they're like, "Yes." I'm like, "Okay," um, but no, I read the book before. Uh... <laughs> that's that's good. I mean, heaven forbid, and 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 this is a uh, example I tend to use a lot because it's so true, though. Chapter 30 and his Russian accent. <laughs> and you're going, oh, yes. <laughs> I've actually had that. I remember I actually uh, talked to an author about that one time. We were doing a trilogy series and the first two books we had this character and I was giving him this complete normal uh, average American accent. And the last book, it says, oh, yeah, he's uh, he's Colombian and he has a thick accent. And I was like, well, that there was no way for me to know that the book yeah. wasn't done and she goes oh 
I didn't think about that either. And so it was like, <laughs> we're, we're fine. We're fine. <laughs> well, that's good that she was cool with it. But also, I mean, if she hadn't been done with it, then, you know, I, I think it's still a little late if it's already been published. But, you know, hey, you know, he's no longer Colombian. He's, you know, regular Joe. He, he no is accent. Colombian. <laughs> he's just, he grew up in America. Exactly. Which is kind of... <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the thing too. Yeah, that's the thing too. A lot of individuals, for some reason, when the um, character or even individuals are described as you know Latin or Hispanic, they automatically think about oh the accent. And I'm like, some of us don't have accents. I mean, I have something you can't figure out what it is. It's called I'm from Miami, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Florida. So there's a little bit of that going on there. But you can't always assume that the accent's going to be there so that's always one when i've talked to authors and they're like i want to write a latin man or a latin you know, woman character and i'm like okay great where you know where's the background from oh she and i'm like and then they both out with having an accent i'm like but she was born and raised here no mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean unless it's I a know. spanish accent you know like an argentinian like i get it when i get upset and i'm talking in spanish but other than that no <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I had a book, uh, one of my favorite books I did uh, was a rom-com called His Semi-Charm Life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the character has a big Hispanic background. And for a while, I was like, oh, do they want this accent? And they said, uh, read it how you would read it. And I was like, OK, I'm going to read it this way. I, I am uh, half Mexican. And my my dad uh, does have a bit of an accent and his whole family uh, uh, has very strong accents. Um, but I was like, okay, if I would read it my, how I would read it, I read it in my voice and they were so happy with it. I was like, this feels really, really good. I feel represented yeah. in a way. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think it's a good representation of either, you know, first generation Americans that are from Latin backgrounds and parentage, um, or individuals that were, you know, came when they were into the States when they were really young. It's just sometimes not all of us have an accent and, I also feel like that that there's a lack of representation on that. And I also know that they tried to from a representation perspective, but there's just more to being Latin versus just the accent, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't even know you were Latin um, until you <laughs> shared that with me at um, at Allure earlier in the year in September. My God, it's been over a month now since we went to Allure, I know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I was so excited. Allure was such a fun event. I think and the fact that we got to I got to finally meet you in person we've you know on social media here and there but so many other fun stuff too came of that so I was excited and then I'm like getting ready for this call I'm going oh crap it's been like a month already shit time flies (laughs) (laughs) oh it really does I I had so much fun at Allure um one of the things I always say is that narration can be kind of a lonely business. We're in a, I'm in a, what, three by five room uh, for about six hours a day at minimum. Um, and most of my interactions are with people through emails. And it's so different uh, being at Allure and meeting other narrators, meeting authors, um, and just <laughs> just not feeling so alone. Right. And, and we're all like, oh, we're all so pale because we stay in a booth all day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I I think the, the other concern was, am I going to know how to people? A, because, you know, pandemics, a lot of us haven't gone out. This was my first events in three years where I've mm-hmm. been in such a big group. But others, because you guys are always in the booth. 
you know, there's not a whole lot of interactions with your peers. And so I think you guys all did fabulously well as far oh, as yeah. keeping goes. So I'm glad. I'm glad. I just I was like, <laughs> please be normal. Please be normal. Be normal around people. Um it's it's interesting you say that because uh, with the pandemic started, a lot of us already worked from home, so yeah. our lives didn't change too much. No. Um, the only difference was that my wife started working from home as well, um, and my product productivity went up hmm. because she is so work. Uh, whenever she has this work oriented mindset, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I feel the same way. I'm gonna do this, and I'm like. How am I recording like two, two to two and a half finished hours like easily right now? Uh. <laughs> well, that's good. For a second, I thought you were going to go on the opposite of saying, man, it was so distracting having her there. And I'm like, oh, good. No, <laughs> no, she's back in the office. And I'm like, oh, I oh. miss her because we used to have lunch together and such anything. And I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I know. There are a lot of companies that are starting to the you guys got to come back to the office. I'm like, listen, I've been doing my job just fine from here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I miss okay. our lunches for sure. Yeah. But uh, it's all right. Yeah. I also uh, miss some of my alone time. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if they were going to force me to go back into the office, aside from potentially quitting, um, I think the thing I would miss the most is to being able to hang out with the puppies and the dogs and stuff like that. Uh, when oh, yeah. I'm having one of those moments where like, freaking egos and executives this and that I'm like I'm gonna go talk to Atticus and you know play <laughs> throw the ball around a little bit um because you know they dogs make everything better so <laughs> they do well I'm a cat guy I I've they I do love too. Ca- I love dogs but uh I have cats um two for two fur babies oh, and they are great but they bully me a little <gasps> and by that I mean when I'm working mm-hmm. they know I need quiet I have a Studio Bricks voiceover booth, and so it's really, really good. Very sound resistant. I can't hear their cries anymore. I used to be able to hear their cries. They figured it out, and now they throw their bodies against <gasps> the door, and that's coming through my my sound. I'm like, oh the, my gosh. The thump. And so yeah. I, I have to stop and feed them. Even though their dinner time is at 5.30, they really, really want to be fed at 4. <laughs> divas yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no uh i i also have uh kittens too i always see the thing is when you say cats they're so such a firm like way of saying it I, even if they're like 16 years old i'm like kittens uh so i always <laughs> the same thing with puppies I, uh, mine are full grown i mean i've had snickers now for gosh it's gonna be like i think she's about 16 and and she's they're all our cats have always been very sweet lovey-dovey but for a second there i thought you were gonna say that they start staring you um, with their meows <laughs> as you're just about to be done with a chapter or not. But no, they've gotten level two death calm. <laughs> oh, yeah. They are. Yeah. I, I just couldn't believe that they started to throw their bodies again. I was like, I, I just can't believe this. I, I had to record it on my phone one day, leave it outside and like, there's no way this is real. I'm like, yep, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can imagine that little powwow meeting. Of, okay, guys, all right, we're gonna hear. He's inside. He obviously is not hearing us because Brick Studios is so good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what can we do? And that's when one of them came up with the idea. Oh, goodness, that could also be a fun over video, voiceover video for you. Um, <laughs> of them. I, I'm not but a it. big social media person. I really, really want to get into it more. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I know uh, you asked about my Instagram and my Facebook and my TikTok. And my Instagram and Facebook, I upload occasionally. Mm -hmm. uh, my TikTok, I had a couple of Lego videos, but I took most of them down. I guess I should start putting them back up. I, I don't know if you know this. I do little stop motion Lego videos uh, about the voiceover industry. I love that, though. Dude. <laughs> Dude. That is so awesome. You should continue. I was looking at that. I'm going, what? What is that Lego? <laughs> I grew up doing Lego, so I love them. But the fact that you're doing stop, I, I don't know, um, the animation with it is fantastic and focused on. Okay, we need to see these more. So if you have them, I'll re-upload them and then just keep making more. I need to make more. Well, yeah. I actually have like like three or four that I haven't uploaded. Uh, I'll do nice. that. This. Uh, all right. After this comes out, I will. Uh, I will post. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because once people hear least. it, they're gonna run to your TikTok <laughs> and your Instagram. They're gonna be like, we "Okay." Want so before this comes out, I'll yes. put out a few. <laughs> <laughs> and it gives you time to record more, so you have them in advance as you, you know, come up with a schedule. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't sure. I felt like it's like, oh, is this childish? Is this is this a little weird? And I was like, ah, yeah. oh, who cares? I like them. Mm -hmm. Well, I think part of it too is is having that form of I don't care but it's, it's something that you enjoy and that you're sharing there's someone else out there that has similar you know likes and stuff like that I know many of I think it was I know I had a little like oh my god this is so awesome when I found some of my old Legos from the kid because my mom kept a lot of our <laughs> stuff and I'm like shit she and like they're like classic Legos where we didn't have any of those pre-made models and we had to make the houses ourselves from scratch. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's a lot of people now that are doing all this Lego stuff from you know Star Wars, you know the the fighters, jets, and all that fun stuff. So trust me, <laughs> you want to hear it, you want to see it. So I'm looking forward to that. I have to ping all you, right. saying, "Hey, friendly reminder, episode's landing. Where's my videos?" <laughs> <laughs> all right i can do that yeah. so with these videos and i'm sure as well as in the narration a lot of stuff that happens is these characters do have accents whether it's a british accent scottish accent fill in the blanks of course do you have a favorite accent to perform though um i would say my natural british accent um so uh my mom is from uh england um specifically london and um uh, I really, really imitate her and uh, everything that she had me grow up with. She uh, had so many British sitcoms to make me watch and such. In fact, I had a lot of them that when uh, friends came over, I was like, oh, I assumed everybody watched British sitcoms. And I was like, I was surprised to find out that, no, they have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and also it, it was not funny to them. <laughs> no, it is a different um, sense of humor. <laughs> But uh, I have to always get into it. Um, but I, I often get a little gruffer and uh, I just start to sound uh, a little chavvy, actually, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, wearing my Burberry and just uh, walking the streets. Oh, no, <laughs> I can't do it. I need well, a script in front of me. <laughs> yes, trust me. I mean, even with I'm in the same boat as you, I need to have my script. There's fun. It's one thing to kind of start the conversations and then like we're pretending like we're just hanging out at Barnes and Nobles or, you know, Starbucks or even a bar. I don't care which one we want to go at to have these kind of conversations. <laughs> but the questions, I literally have a script in front of me. So I totally get it. Uh, <laughs> but I've heard a lot of that when it comes down to the accent specifically. Sometimes the they can um 
completely off cuff anything else jokes or whatever but when it comes down to the accents a lot of you guys have to have something in front like prepared and i'm wondering if that just takes that moment of in your brain going and now british <laughs> it it does um i i will say as soon as i have the script in front of me oh this is a good one to say um i hope it doesn't get cut i'm joking <laughs> is that uh i can tell when it's a british author or when it's an American author writing a British character. Hmm. Do and tell. Um, it's the cadence. It's it's the structure of the sentences. I, I can always tell. I mean, obviously there's spellings that give it away right away. But there's actual sentence structures. And I don't know how to explain it. But I, I'll be reading a, a book from a publisher. And I know I'm supposed to be in an English accent. And I'll be like... Something tells me this is an American author, and mm -hmm. I'll look them up and I'm like, sure enough, yes, they are. They're 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 in uh, California, and I'm like, yep, and they've been born and raised in America, and I'm like, okay. And then another time, um, uh, oh, actually, it goes reverse too. I remember reading a book called First by Casey Wells, mm -hmm. and it's about and it's based in um, Georgia, uh, in America, and I was like, I think this is an, a British author. And sure enough, it was. Um, I could I could just kind of tell. Uh, those are the only two I can tell. I can't, but uh, yeah, I, I can tell that apart. The cadence, yeah. I mean, I can understand that. It's it's similar when it comes down to like the English to Spanish or Spanish to English. Aside from yes. all the weird accent marks and estrujolas and there's all that fun stuff that you know Spanish likes to throw at us. But there's a cadence to it and or how the sentence is structured, you know, verb first versus adjective or vice versa. It's all this fun stuff. So you're going, oh, OK, so I can understand that. So if <laughs> British is your favorite to perform. What's your least favorite? Who? Your hardest, whatever you want to go with. <laughs> um, you know, what's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say it's almost uh proper english is a little harder for me <laughs> i have to really really think about it like regency romances and mm -hmm. such which i love doing but they're a little harder for me i have to actually really really think about it because i like to swallow the the consonants when i when i'm in english in my english accent or my regular one and then i have to think about it i'm like okay no we're we're talking right now and we're pronouncing every syllable and we're not swallowing any consonant. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, I have learned about the different accents as far as the British accent, depending on where individuals are from, because of the audiobooks. Up until then, I wasn't really, I just said British, done, right? And then with you guys, it's as, as audiobooks, I'm like, oh, there's the Cogni and this and that. And of course, the Beatles and all that fun stuff, but it's still different. <laughs> oh, the Liverpool one. Yeah, uh -huh. that one's yeah. Uh, that's hard, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it's funny because like um, I, I say I have three natural accents. I have my general American accent, my British accent and then my uh, Mexican accent. And they're all very much like based on where I grew up. One is on my mom and one is on my dad. And those are all very, very easy for me. And then I have to really, really think whenever I get into other ones. Like Irish, I can do uh, pretty well because um, mm -hmm. I grew up around it, but I didn't grow up hearing it 
every day, like I like with my mom. And so it's a uh, it's an accent that I really really enjoy doing. Uh, oh, I want to change my my uh, answer. My favorite one is to to do is Irish now. Okay, uh, we're gonna do. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, that's right. There's that one too. Yep. No, it's okay. That's good. Whatever accent I'm thinking about, I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's definitely something that we as, especially Americans, I think, have this affinity towards accents. And when we think about either a sexy accent or one that kind of stands out, you know, British and Irish and Scottish, I think tends to be the biggest with like French, Russians kind of coming in second, third place, depending on how you look at it. And mm -hmm. it's definitely something that as we continue to get more globalized between, you know, PBS, you know, and, and, you know, traditional dramas that they have there or BBC. And I'm like, yes, MI5 and other things <laughs> like that. It, because again, you know, Pride and Prejudice is something that we all read in school or did some work on. And then we have all the, you know, the PBS series and then movies and things like that. But then we get other shows like you grew up watching a lot of this cool stuff, you know, from, you know, from, from over there. But here we were like, having to wait until Sundays on PBS or something like that to get something British. Oh, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Oh my God. My mom would always, that it was always a, she would tell everybody, shh, shh, shh. We're going to be watching right now. And it would come on. And uh, I think her favorite was keeping up appearances and it's a very British show. And I remember watching this at, at, on PBS and then, um, we found them in like, uh, I think Barnes and Nobles, the VHSs. Oh, and, Yes. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, she bought them up and they were expensive because they were imported and such mm -hmm. and everything. But uh, it was great. Yeah. Um, I got to get off of British sitcoms. We keep coming back to that. No, it's okay. No, we're <laughs> fine. I mean, a lot of individuals love this stuff too. So we're fine. It's funny too, because you're thinking you have mentioned the VHSs and, you know, hey, I'm not saying, I mean, I grew up watching them and, and using them. But I got into as soon as the Pride and Prejudice 2005 came out and Matthew McFadden was Darcy. I went all like, what else has he, has he done? And a lot of the things that he did were on DVDs, but not here in the States. So as, you know, smart results for a girl that I am, have a Amazon British account, you know, UK account, <laughs> and then bought the, the, the DVDs and had them shipped to the house. And then I'm going, oh, it's coded. So I learned how to uncode a, a, a DVD player. <laughs> so, oh, wow. That's determination. Was, That's fandom right Matthew there. Matthew McFadden, hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's just fun stuff. And then when I saw that I was able to stream MI5, uh, which is the equivalent of like CS, uh, CSI, FBI over there in, mm -hmm. on, in the UK, I was like, yes. Streaming helps so much now versus having to buy these DVDs and decode, you know, DVD players. Those are not fun. <laughs> the same thing we do with audiobooks. I mean, sometimes um, I've had a couple of listeners that are in California and they don't want to wait until it drops on, you know, their time zone for some of these releases. So they'll get a UK account and get them there or just to get extra codes. They'll use some codes that are specific you know, uh, for one author or narrator for those, you know, and I'm going, wow, that's dedication. Because that's one thing to do a DVD here and there, but audiobooks are coming out left and right with you guys. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. I've had, I'm not sure how many I've had come out this month. I'm working, I've, I'm doing 10 books this month 
never ever will do that again oh my goodness <laughs> yeah i was getting ready for our chats so i was like looking getting your link ready from audible and kind of i was, was going to post the most recent usually it has been like something like so we're in october so maybe something was released in september sometimes it's like the uh, the beginning of october you've had like a bunch of them come out as of yet and then you have another one coming out the 12 hunks of Herculea. am i saying that yes Herculea. Herculea. yes thank you i'm like she has 12 hunks holy crap okay so it's (laughs) kind of a retelling of um the 12 uh labors of hercules Mm -hmm. but each labor is a hunky guy Hmm. um and they're kind of yeah they're kind of <laughs> shifters so like you know like the kraken is actually a hunky swedish guy um but he can turn into a kraken and such and uh, if you're into monster romance mm-hmm. um this one's definitely for you um even if you're not into monster romance i think this one might be for you it's a cool retelling mm-hmm. <laughs> well i mean i'm a i'm a sucker for greek mythology and when they do stuff like this and they try to monorealize it or they give it a different spin, I'm always intrigued, like how they're going to do that. And so that's how I usually land in there. But I saw it, first of all, great cover. And second of all, I'm going 12 hunks. Okay. And and that's co-narrated by with Kylie Stewart, who's awesome mm-hmm. too. So She like, is. Yeah. So that's coming out right before this episode lands. But I was going to ask you like, okay, um, so you had to do 12 hunks, huh? <laughs> 12 different characters. Which I'm sure it's the norm um, nowadays, oh. or more or less, right? <laughs> more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, well, usually less than twelve. I will say that. <laughs> um, but I do try to give every character a unique voice. Or if it, if it's after a while, twelve is really really hard. Mm-hmm. So I definitely try to make them have at least different um, affectations in their voices. Um, basically, if you're listening to it, you're know who you you will know who's talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and that's that's something I pride myself on. I um, I really really uh started to um, do a lot of reverse harems a few years ago, and I feel like I started to master it, especially around uh, the time I got a book series by Casey Keene called Toxic Creek, and that one had three different um main mains uh Mm -hmm. in there guys and um i made sure each of them had different voices each of them had different uh ticks with their voices um and i remember i i was like i don't know if anybody's gonna care and i i saw one review that said the the guy narrator gave uh every character a different voice and it was like so cool it's like oh i'm so glad to hear that but I am no Jim Dale. I am not a, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot do a, a huge amount of voices. I can just, um, I think it was Andy Arndt, another f- uh, fabulous narrator yes. who said some people have an orchestra in their, uh, in their throat. Others have a jazz quartet. <laughs> and I've really, that really stuck with me. Yeah. And I've been focusing on my jazz quartet really, really uh, well occasionally adding uh, a fifth oboe in there or something like that to just uh, add some flavor. But I, I, I really, really uh, appreciate um, taking advanced classes and such like that and learning how to perfect my craft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times people get into this gig, um, not so much by accident, but you know, as a side gig, as a side hustle, others have tried it because, of course, the traditional, I have been told I have a great voice. And that's uh. fantastic. 
however you started is great. The fact that you're doing it is bravo pros right there, right? Not many people have the, the gumption to try, you know? And, but then what else does it t- take? And even if you've had acting background, even if you've done this for many years and got, you know, you've done theater and now you're going to be doing it the same concepts into a mic, there's still always something you can learn. And I think that that's fantastic that the narrators are still educating themselves and learning how to do things differently you know, especially nowadays with, you know, whether it's uh, accent work or dialects and just bringing something else to it. Oh, without a doubt. I, um, the first time I ever took a class, uh, an advanced class for, uh, narrating, I had been doing this for seven years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I was like, wow. Um, at first I was like, oh, I don't know if I need to take a class. I've been doing this for seven years. I'm doing pretty well. I was like, no, that's, that's, that's thinking like I'm I've reached uh my peak and mm-hmm. I don't think I have and I was like so let's do a class let's just try it out if we don't like it oh well and mm-hmm. I did and um my first experience was humbling I'll say that <laughs> <laughs> really wow that's good though that's good though you know I think it says a lot about you too as far as being humbling well because you could have easily have been like I could have taught this class <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I always uh, I know that's something that people always say. Like I have I've done what does my Audible page have right now? It has over three hundred and fifty books right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing this for in May coming in May twenty twenty three. I'll be have that. I have been doing this for ten years. Um, and I still feel like there's so much more to learn. I know I'm good but I'm not great at least. And that's where I want to be. I want to be great. And I don't know if I'll ever achieve that, but I'm going to keep on trying. And that's fantastic because I think sometimes people stop improving or taking courses or workshops or whatever, thinking that they've, this is as good as they're going to get. And I'm, and I always told people, you never know, you could be doing something a lot harder versus smarter which is, mm-hmm. I'm going to, that's going to be on my tombstone if I were to get theory. <laughs> Work smarter, not harder. Um, simplify, you know, simplifying overcomplicated processes is another one. And the things that we learn, tips and tricks, just because someone else does it differently and sharing that knowledge and, you know, that information is fantastic. And, you know, it's good. It's always good. Even if it's something that, you know, could be a refresher, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. You mentioned, um, historical regencies being a favorite of yours to narrate and loving to do them. Do you happen to have a favorite genre to narrate in? Oh, (laughs) favorite genre to narrate in. So I'm really, really well known for doing dark romance. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite stuff is most likely retellings though. I really, really love um, a good retelling. What is it that I believe in literature? They say there's only 36 stories to tell. And so we've been telling the same stories over and over again, but we all eat it up and we know that something's different. Something is done differently each time we read it. Um, I think of Romeo and Juliet is one of the ones that people retell a lot in movies and such. Uh, West Side Story, that cool one with John Leguizamo. (laughs) That was a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's plenty of things to redo and trying to think uh, like well, we just talked about 12 hunks of Herculea. It's kind of a retelling. I'm trying to think of other ones that I've done. I still have not done a retelling of Alice in Wonderland mm-hmm. and I am dying to do a retelling of Alice in Wonderland. Yes, I've done plenty of Hades and Persephone and they th- 
they throw me each time. Somebody will do something that's just a little different or a little twisted, and it's really, really cool. I can even talk about one uh, that I recently did of uh, by Sophie Lark, uh, mm-hmm. the Kingmaker series um, called uh, The Air. And the best way I can say it is it's a retelling of Harry Potter. Huh. Except instead of magic, you've got mafia. <laughs> and it's really cool. <laughs> you will never look at Harry Potter the same again. No, and I played I played the Draco character. And Draco gets a redemption arc in book three. And I was like, yes, I, I oh my gosh, it's <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> So I would say retellings are my favorite. That's okay. where I always go back to. Yeah. I know. I feel like I copped out on that one. Or no, something no. Like... I mean, the thing I love about retellings, technically not a genre, but it can be any genre. It could be sci-fi. It could be contemporary. It can be rom-com. It can be mafia and dark romance and all that fun stuff. There's so many, you know, different ways to retell a there story. There is, because after a while... um, if I do dark romance so much, I'm like, oh my god, I'm a little depressed. <laughs> <laughs> they can be the best stories ever, and they, oh my god, there have been some heavy hitters mm-hmm. that have affected me, and I'd be like, wow, wow, I, I don't know how to let go of the characters, but I do, I have to the next day because I'm recording something else. But I'll need like that rom com in there, or I'll need like just a nice contemporary, just to like, just to balance stuff out. Uh, that's what I more need. And so when I say retellings, it's so nice because I get all of that in one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you tend to schedule your dark romance recording schedule around the time that you have to go do a spin class? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. To the listeners, I teach spin classes. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why I make, I, I bring up the dark romance thing is there tends to be a lot of, um, you know, alpha males in dark romances and apparently that was part of the conversation we were having at lore. that kind of you know do this do that let's go faster comes out a la your instruction <laughs> for spin class you know i think sometimes i tr- i am not a method actor mm-hmm. so when i let go of the the book um the characters don't stay with me in my personal life mm-hmm. however i have noticed when i teach a spin class it is a little affecting on what I'm reading at the time. If I'm doing a rom-com or a contemporary, my music is a little less intense um, and I'm a little bit more focused on the writers and I want to make sure that we've got everything going for us. Where my dark romance is, we're going to challenge ourselves today and I'm going to make sure that you like it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'll take care of you, but you got to trust me that we're going to get there together. And the dark romances, I do a lot of them and I guess maybe the dark romances helped me teach spin. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you, do you happen to know if any of your students in your spin classes know that you do audiobook narration? Yes. So I've had to leave a couple times for different things. I had to leave uh, for about a week um, for Book Bonanza to go there. And um, my uh, my class was like, "Where? wait, where are you going? Um, and I had to explain to them, it was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to a thing. I'm going to be signing autographs. Um, I'm going to be at uh, panels. And they're like, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm an audiobook narrator, voice actor. And one of them said, oh, yeah, I got tickets to that. And I saw her there. <laughs> I saw her there. <laughs> um, so that was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
they they know what I do, especially now that I have to leave for conferences every now and then. <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering if they pick up on on the oh okay he's been doing more rom com so that that you know the playlist is a little I'm like oh crap he's doing a dark romance we're gonna hurt tomorrow. No, but now <laughs> I kind of want to say that in ah, four classes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like I'm gonna make you hurt, baby, but we're gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Or or yeah see <laughs> or if you hear a good line in one of the books that can also work for your spin instructions <laughs> i'll have to clean them up a little but yeah That's i'm pretty true. sure <laughs> <laughs> that could just be another type of themes for classes right <laughs> oh my gosh the themes oh yeah the themes are good i think uh my most popular ones are remixes and mashups and then of mm -hmm. course i do love whenever you put the word booty in there uh booty bounce uh, for Halloween, I had a boo tea uh, class. That's <laughs> oh, so cute. cute. Like, oh my god, so corny at the same time. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. works. It, it works. works. Yeah. And in such a different direction as far as your narration, you know, and, but you're still having to talk. It, it's interesting to me how you went into that. You're having to, you know, it's different type of talking. Now you're motivating the students to, you know, sweat their asses off literally because <laughs> that's what they're there for but sometimes you're like i don't wanna and then you have to get on them i'm like okay i'll probably be in trouble because i would be laughing if i was taking your class not from a disrespectful part but i'm going what book are you reading today sir <laughs> i haven't had too many questions about that okay um, I, I've had people ask me before, um, the one who met me at Book Bonanza, that she did ask, hey, wait, do you know this narrator? I was like, no. And then when I came back, now I do. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how everybody has that assumption that you guys all know each other, though, right? Have you, it's, you it is interesting because the narration world, the best way I can describe it is it's it's big and it's small. Mm -hmm. um, I know of... I know of so many people and I got to meet so many different people at, either at um, RT or mm -hmm. at Book Bonanza or at Allure and uh, whatever else is coming up. I, I don't know. My wife makes the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of tells me what we're going to go to. <laughs> well, now I know but, who to uh, talk to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's great. And so I get to meet these people and... When I say meet them, I, I meet them for like a couple of hours and then that's it. Um, and people ask, do I know them? It's like, I, I've met them. Mm -hmm. um, do I know them personally? No. Do I think they're a really talented person or a cool person to hang around? Yeah, probably. Um, I haven't met too many people that are that are bad in this industry. <laughs> I will say that. That's been very, very nice when it comes to the narrators and the authors and such. Um, and even a couple of the models, which I haven't gotten to meet too many, but every now and then I'm like, I voiced you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that we're getting back to quote unquote normal when it comes down mm -hmm. to traveling and events, I think that there's going to continue to be more events popping up. And they've realized that when it comes down to book events, that there's this huge um, community of listeners and we don't really have anything catered to us. And a lot of stuff is for the eyeball reader, which is great. I mean, I'm an eyeball reader too, but girl doesn't have time nowadays to read <laughs> with her eyeballs. And so I'm like, he, that's what, how, you know, the whole thing for me, audiobook started was because I was busy, but I still wanted my books. 
Uh, and so now a lot of the events are starting to include the narrators in there, which I think is fantastic. And, but I also don't, I want it to be more inclusive where it's not like you guys are of a highlight, but more of a normality, you know? Oh, yes. I know exactly what you mean. Um, I, I'm starting to see uh, the events uh, start to steer toward that, steer toward that too. So I'm very, very happy to see that. Um, I, I'm trying to think of, uh, well, all right, I just have to throw this out there. There was a, a fun little um, event called Wanderlust that was uh, in San Antonio. And uh, I lived there and I was like, hey, I'm just going to show up there. <laughs> I, I was not there to sign anything. I just wanted to see some authors that I knew I either worked with or is I am going to work with. And so I got to meet Tina Saxon. And, was like, and uh, I was like trying to sneak up and, and uh, you know, get a book signed. And she goes, you're Greg, aren't you? I'm like, dang it, you recognized me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I went to uh, Nicole Farina and she also uh, recognized me. And I was like, okay, so people know who I am. So I get in line to see Sophie Lark because uh, I did her book series, that one I just talked about, The Air. And I get up to meet her and I say, hi, I'm Gregory Salinas. And she looks at me blankly like, okay, smiling, <laughs> trying to be polite. And I was like, I narrated Dean. And she goes, oh, okay. And she was really, really happy to meet me after that. I was like, you're trying to be so polite. I just <laughs> assumed you knew who I was. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was great. Um, it was weird to get recognized. Um, but it was cool to see Wanderlust, to see an event that didn't have uh, narrators there, but hearing people talk about audiobooks. And so I was like, oh, so there is still demand for it. People want it. Just right now, this is focused on the authors. And I was like, that's so cool. I The place was just sold out. People were just... The amount of fans that the romance community has is insane. And I love it. And they're voracious and uh, for it. And yeah. uh, what was it? Book Bonanza sold out um, oh, already. Oh, yeah. They all have been selling out, which is... I love that they get sold out so quickly because, again, like you're saying, the community is there. They want it. They do it. But at the same time, when it sells out in seconds, you're going, can we give a girl a chance <laughs> to get her ticket? I get that. I understand that. <laughs> I do understand. <laughs> I do and, understand. Yeah. And I think sometimes they're, the, the audience can be very, as you were saying, voracious of them just buying it up now in fear of potentially not being able to get a ticket later. So they may mm -hmm. not end up not even going to it. That happened a lot in some of the other events that happened uh, earlier this year where people bought tickets thinking that they might go. They, they're concerned, you know, they're thinking about it. They haven't, you know, for sure confronted they're, they're going to go. So they buy the tickets and then they end up like, no, nah, it's not for me. But they were so concerned with not being able to get a ticket later if they decided to go to it. But it's it's a hit or miss. I think part of it, too, is that we're so desperate for human contact past you know due to the pandemic that we're like oh my god i get to finally meet my book you know book best friends that we met online or, or again meeting the authors and things like that because it wasn't like that before i mean with rt book lovers convention it never sold out within six seconds of it the tickets opening never and that's it's, a huge yeah. audience it's become like comic-con or something yes. and i i i 
I love hate it. <laughs> yes, me too. That's a, yeah. It's what it, I love hate it too. Yeah, I do. I love it. I love that there's the demand for it. Mm-hmm. That's what I should say. Yes. No. That's it's good. It means you know job security uh, for many of the authors <laughs> <laughs> and and other individuals that go there as well. From you know, um, God, the vendors are great too. Some of these they're so unique, and some of the items too that I've seen when they've had vendors at these events, and and now again having the narrators there. But I really do hope that it becomes instead of you guys being the shiny new object to get people's attention, that it's become so much of a norm of like, okay, which narrators are you having there this time? You know? Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. So we'll get there. That's why I love the lore. It was like all about us, the audiobook lovers. And so many people that did go that had never listened to an audiobook because their favorite author was going. So there was still that option there, too. So I hope to be... <laughs> more inclusive as far as the audiobook stuff goes for future reference because otherwise Absolutely. we have to wait for more allure of type of events you know and they haven't announced anything yet to see if they're doing it again or not but we'll see right? if not Indeed. we'll be like greg where are you gonna be at this weekend <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'll be, like, I'll be at i'll be at my spin class <laughs> okay well gurney's exercise <laughs> with all the other narrators <laughs> You know, if you ever had to do a panel at an event, that might be an interesting way to do it. Bring a couple of bikes, you know, or, or some stationary <laughs> ones and have them narrate while they're spinning. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> Richard well, Giggles. Yeah, I would love to see that because I can do it, but I don't know if others could. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where breath control comes in handy, folks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but seriously, I would just propose it just for the laugh. You know, that's an interesting one. I, I will I will actually talk to whoever the next one is. Yeah, you can say, hey, I had an idea. I, I, I have a feeling I know some narrators who would be up for the challenge, too. Yes, that is true. Yes, I do know sometimes some of you guys are competitive. Um, and <laughs> like, I can do it. Or just, and then they'll they'll take it to the next level when I'm thinking of the cost specifically, where he'll go in a complete getup. Uh, <laughs> full blown on <laughs> outfits and like, oh gosh, but the, the fun of getting to hang out with you guys and get to know you guys better. <laughs> I'm is glad you guys will pull some of this stuff. So, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, when, uh, like I said, the most recent one, or not the most recent one, the first time I ever met like a lot of narrators, um, I was really, really surprised. It was all jokes and, uh, just hanging out and, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Um the uh, I, I have to I have to tell this story of uh Zachary Weber um with Desiree Ketchum and Aaron Shedlock. Uh mm-hmm. me. Um we were at a at a small little restaurant in a hotel and um Zachary Weber uh didn't order anything. He never ordered anything. Here comes this guy's uh a waiter saying chicken fingers, asking for a round. And nobody's no. taking them. And uh, Zachary goes, uh, here, I'll take them. He goes, all right. So they <laughs> give him that free. Um, <laughs> I can't remember what else, but he gets more stuff free. And he orders one drink. And Aaron Shedlock uh, buys it up. And and Zachary Weber's like, why are you buying my drink? Because because we got to keep it up. You got to have everything on your meal for free tonight. This is just... <laughs> <laughs> can't ruin the momentum here dude right <laughs> yeah and i was like i just i was like this is so interesting this is so much fun i i love getting to know you guys and just uh shooting the shit or yeah. can i can i swear on this thing i Sorry, think i swore on like a bunch of fucking times around, right. dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay 
<laughs> yeah. It, it's 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 nice seeing you guys just be normal folks. I think that a lot of times the listeners have a vision of how you guys are based off the characters and how you narrate. And of course have those moments where some of the things that you're saying to the, you know, to us via our earphones is going, damn, that's hot. And then here you guys are, normal, regular Joes and such nice individuals coming to these events with your wife, which by the way, your wife was one of the highlights at, at Allure for me. She was oh. so awesome. I just loved her so much. She was so cute. I loved her. I know she <laughs> steals my thunder all the time. No. <laughs> well, hey, you know, we might get into you as far as the stuff that you narrate, but then we meet her and we're like, Greg, who? <laughs> I know. She's amazing. Uh, she uh, helps me with my schedule and such. Mm -hmm. She helps me uh, plan everything out and she helps me figure out which trips we should go to kind of selfishly in a good way because we we you know kind of go and then we write off our our trip because you business know it's expense. a right it's a business expense and then we'd stay like a day or two and then mm -hmm. you know we pay for that ourselves um and it's fun yeah uh what was i gonna say ah <laughs> um but, oh well don't don't worry it'll come back to me yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I, I was the one that kind of went completely sideways of saying how you guys were so nice to hang out with and see that you guys are such, you know, down to earth individuals, regardless of being mythical creatures in one book, like a Kraken or being the alpha yes. mafia man that's, that's going to kill everybody. And I'm like, but dude, you're such a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I met a, um, I met an author uh, and I think she was a little disappointed oh. when she met me because um, she's known me from my alpha roles and everything and such. And, uh, I'm always like this. I'm always talking gruff and I take no nonsense and I'm very decisive. And then she met me. And I'm like, hi, I'm Greg. And she's like, oh, she's like, you're not what I expected. It's like, oh, what did you expect? I, I, and then we became like really good friends. Uh, <laughs> it makes me wonder if they expect you to go in there wearing some form of messed up suits with you know the the tie opened and then have the cigar and and the the bourbon on hand and then start narrating <laughs> for that mafia role, right? <laughs> I I well I don't wear suits while I uh, while I narrate, but I do wear suits outside. Yes. I mean, when we were at the signings, I was wearing I was suited up. Yep, mm -hmm. that's true. No tie. I really really wanted a glass of whiskey in my hand while signing as well. So yeah, I I do kind of give in to that. Uh, that image <laughs> <laughs> see <laughs> it's possible so aside from spinning and going to these conventions to hang out with the fans and the authors and, the, and your peers when you're not working what do you do for fun um i play uh, a lot of video games um that's one of my uh favorite things to do i also um have been starting to do a lot of uh jigsaw puzzles with my wife and we're trying to finish up a couple of thousand piece ones and then figure out how to uh glue it all down and then uh display it and hang it on the walls and such or anything like that um i really yeah i don't do too much i really uh do work i do spin and uh i play uh video games mm -hmm. yeah. what video what video game have you been playing lately Right now, me and my wife have been uh, replaying an old one, Silent Hill 2, which I think is one of the best video games of all time. It's a very scary, very sad one. Mm -hmm. um, 
Basic premise, uh, a guy's wife died three years ago, and he gets a letter saying she's alive in this town. Hmm. It's a pretty, I think it would make a good dark romance. I was going to say, <laughs> in fact, for a second there, it's almost like a movie being described, or if not a book, you know. It's, it's a very story-driven, <laughs> yeah, it's very story-driven. Um, but yeah, me and my wife play video games together mm-hmm. and such, and uh, we like to uh, more learn about the stories behind each one. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a huge movie buff, and I am more of a TV show guy. Mm. I'm the the guy who likes to watch the old shows many, many times uh, before Over. starting a new show. Ah. And my favorite show is probably Frasier. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a good one. A it's little, good. It's a good one. It's an old yeah. one. It's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Well, funny when you said when you said that you were playing like an older classic kind of a game. I was thinking like something a mario brothers or resident <laughs> evil back in the day and then you bust out with the, the silence <laughs> yeah this was a uh, 2001 yeah Mm-mm. games are not the same i mean i did the mario brothers and the classic ones even though it's very 2d um it's nice and relaxing and then of course kicking ass on street fighters or mortal kombat was always fun and, oh yeah. yeah no that is something i also do i play a lot of fighting games mm-hmm. i love this the strategy and the the tactics of that uh i'm i'm a huge street fighter fan i remember you used to uh, my dad would just give me one quarter mm-hmm. and i would make it work for that long time i would stay at those <laughs> machines um just beating other people and such and I uh, i try now and i'm like man i lost my edge uh but for a while i was good yeah yeah (laughs) i'm telling you i've tried playing some of these other games that are more you know strategic but it depends on who i'm playing with because i'll get frustrated because they're they're going guns a blazing versus we need to sit here for a second and come up with a strategy you go left you go right and they're looking at me like you're real i'm like listen i play to win okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm like this is why i still have seven lives left is because i'm not just guns a blazing it out there dude No, my wife, uh, whenever she plays games like that, she's hi- trying to hide somewhere and just uh, staying alive. And she, uh, uh, if anybody comes near her, she just holds down the trigger. It's like, no, 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 it's okay. Don't give away our position. Yeah, all right, all right. We're we're going to, yeah, we can't play Fortnite together anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's fun. You know, play for a little bit. Don't get angry because they have yet again to give up your position, right? <laughs> and then <Yeah. laughs> go into something else. <laughs> Let's go do the jigsaw puzzle instead. <laughs> you work with words a lot. And obviously because of your, you know, your studying beforehand, you love words. Is What is your favorite word? That's not the same as favorite curse word because that's the second part of this question. Uh, favorite, word. favorite word, anthropomorphic. Ooh. What does that mean? Uh, basically, um, it means to humanize something, uh, mm. and um, I mean not humanize it in like a oh wow I understand it. No, I'm talking like uh, like a cartoon cat that has human characteristics. It's anthropomorphized. Mm. Oh, okay. um, it's uh, like it's the cat is ta- uh, a biped a uh, biped now, and it's also smoking a cigar and drinking, and it's talking. <laughs> huh. Okay, like yeah, got it. Cool. It's amazing how some of these words are so big and, you know, silent vowels and and, and consonants and then the simple de- definition of what it is. Like, oh, okay, humanizing a cat. Got it. 
<laughs> and you'll say it so eloquently too, and 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 you know, so there, I'm like anthropomorphic. <laughs> anthropomorphic. See, there you go. I'm gonna let you keep that word. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is your favorite curse word? Um, curse word. That's mm -hmm. a, probably ass. Mm -hmm. ass is ass is a great one it can be endearing it can be working it can be erotic um it can be insulting mm -hmm. it's so well-rounded that ass <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> in many ways and more ways than one <laughs> or my favorite that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> So we've gotten to a point now in our chat where we're going to play a game called Two Truths and a Lie, where you tell me All three right. things about you and I have to figure out which one is a lie. You guys get creative, right. so let's see how we how we do, if you're ready. All right. So here are my two truths and a lie. Not in no order. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was forced to have a 14th birthday at Chuck E. Cheese. I was at one time the top 2% player in the world on Fortnite. My grandmother used to babysit Elton John. Oh my goodness, you really did your homework on these. <laughs> I just came up with it right now. <laughs> <laughs> How can we mess with this? Uh <laughs> This is something that I've always found fascinating. Sometimes the things with the most detailed, such as having to be forced for your 14th birthday to do Chuck E. Cheese might very easily be a truth, but it's possibly the lie or vice versa, you know, or the Elton mm -hmm. John and Fortnite. See, knowing how you like to play games, you did good. You did really good. <laughs> um, but is the lie the being forced to do your 14th birthday at Chuck E. Cheese? No. <gasps> What's the story behind that? How so... <laughs> I had to have a 14th birthday at Chuck E. Cheese, but it wasn't my 14th birthday. Huh. Here's here's the story. My parents were friends with um, uh, a couple and the manager uh, and the father of that group, I guess, uh, was a manager, a regional manager of Chuck E. Cheese's. And they were opening a new Chuck E. Cheese up. Mm. And we went there and we thought we were just going to have a, a fun time. And they said, hey, the employees really, really need to run a birthday uh, to just try it out. And my sister refused. And I said, oh, why not? It's not a big deal. I get free cake as well. That sounds cool. Um, so they said, yes, um, my 14th birthday was there. And then I saw my crush from <laughs> hockey come into the door. And uh, she was with her little sister and she said, hey, oh, it's cool to see you. Um, I'm here because my little sister. And she said, why are you here? And I say, oh, my parents are friends with the manager. And right then mm -hmm. over the intercom, it said. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, party for Gregory uh, 14th birthday, please uh, come to the uh, the party room. And she just kind of looked at me and nodded and I never saw her again. <laughs> Oh my goodness. See? No good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> no. Nope. And I told the truth too. I know. Oh, well, you know, makes for a good story though. So that's a good one. <laughs> yep. 
Yep, Sarah. So we have the Fortnite or Elton John babysitting. Is the Elton John babysitting the lie? No, that's the ah. truth. I mean, that is the <laughs> truth. Yeah. So the Fortnite is a lie. Wow. Yeah, I've, I've never been babysat? that good. <laughs> <laughs> so my grandmother did uh, babysit Elton John um, when he was uh, really uh, little. They lived on the same street. In fact, when that movie came out, um, Rocket Man, mm-hmm. I was kind of wondering if they would show him uh, being <laughs> with my grandmother uh, uh, for being uh, babysat while they went away. And it's like, no, they didn't. It's like, dang it. Um, but yeah, it was like when he was like two to three, so mm-hmm. like really, really little, so not significant, and he wasn't playing the piano yet. Yeah, <laughs> prior to him being the Elton John, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, wow. Okay, so that was well. See, that was an interesting little tidbits about you that we get to learn too through this lovely game. I love that. I would have really <laughs> thought that the Fortnite was the truth, considering your little, you know, games. <laughs> No, I'm not that good. I'm, I, I, yeah, not that good. Not yet. Not yet. If I was that good, I, I would be, I would be a millionaire, uh, playing Fortnite instead of, uh, narrating. (laughs) It's amazing how there actually is an opportunity to make a good chunk of money and how to be a quote unquote career of sorts playing games. (laughs) Things we don't tell you when we were kids, right? Can you imagine if a career day we had a gamer come in instead or hell, an audiobook narrator? Or a writer of romance of sorts, and say, "Wow, <laughs> things we wish we knew that." Oh. I know. Yeah. Although maybe don't bring in a uh, uh, my authors into the kids' room. <laughs> that <Yeah>. is true. <laughs> <laughs> so you're an author. What do you write? It's got to be the... there. <laughs> I've always wondered about that, but people always ask me, like, "Oh, you're a narrator. What do you uh, what do you narrate?" Uh, mm-hmm. Or they'll be like, "Oh, is it anything I'm aware of?" It's like, maybe. Um, depends. Are you into this? And like, because I've done some big names, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, occasionally somebody will be like, "Yes, I do know that." I'm like, "Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Let, let's talk." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a lot of times, when especially guys, they're like, "Oh, uh, have you done anything like like by James Patterson?" It's like, no. Uh, but I've done stuff by like like uh, Harley Larue and such, and and other people know exactly who I'm talking about, or Maggie Cole, and they're like, "Whoa!" Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yes, I know. Aren't they awesome? Let's talk about them." <laughs> <laughs> That's probably where I would tell those guys, "Look them up. You'll thank me later." <laughs> Take some notes while you're at it. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting though how it's still that. Oh, so what do you do? And it's similar. Um, with voiceover, I think as even with the authors, that's like a conversation that we've had before where they're like, oh, you plan on getting a real job. I think with author, with narrative, um, narrators, aside from the, unless you tell them off the bat that it's for books, they automatically think what video game have I heard you in or what animation and stuff like that. They don't want to think romance. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've done like a little bit of commercial work, but mm-hmm. um, that's a little harder uh, to get into. And I'm really happy with narration. I love reading books. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, and I love getting to perform the books. Is the best way I can to say. It. I don't. I mean, I do read the books, but I really try to give you a performance. I want mm-hmm. you to. I want there to be a difference between reading on the page and reading while you're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and there should be. I think there should be a difference. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, there have been, there's a couple of narrators that depending on my, my not so much mood, but like how, what I want is if I know that there are more readers and so they might do one or two slight variations on the voices, but I'm not going to get a full blown out performance. So I'm like, okay, well, if I want something more oomphed into it, then I'm going to go listen to this instead of that. And that's okay. And oh, yeah. there's some great narrators that were more of the readers or they'll do, you know, the voices but not full on blow on. So I'm like, okay, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you that you can share? Uh, let's see. I don't know if I can say I'm what I'm currently working on. Okay. Uh, but I can say I, oh, but I can say I just finished up the second book in the um, Souls trilogy by Harley LaRue. Harley LaRue. Um, so Her Soul to Take, the first book is already out, um, but Her Soul for Revenge is coming out uh, soon. And if you like sexy demons, definitely check it out. Um, it's dark romance, but with this flavor that I haven't experienced before. Harley is amazing writer, is an amazing writer. Um, Desiree Ketchum and I are the narrators of those. And um, Desiree got so excited about the books. We just kept chatting with each other on Instagram. We're like, have you gotten to this part yet? It's like, oh my gosh, I yes, I can't wait to record this. And like, I know. Um, and we'll actually be doing a small live re recording of it um, on, yeah, on October 30th uh, over at her, uh, over on Desiree Ketchum's uh, fan Facebook page. So, uh, check that out. <laughs> yeah, I'll include the info on the on the landing page for this episode. Yay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So okay, so we have that. What else can you share? Uh let me check. Cause I've I've done ten I, I'm doing ten books this month. Wow. Um I have done seven already. Mm -hmm. uh, mind, mind you, most of them are dual narration, so they're a little easier. That means I'm doing about half the book and the co-narrator is doing the other half. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've done also a duet book, where, um, which is getting more popular, where I do all the male dialogue and the female narrator, nah, the female narrator does all the female dialogue, mm -hmm. um, regardless of the chapter. Yeah, that was a start of, a start of war. By Ella Trope. Thorpe, I think. El Thorpe, yeah. Yeah, El Thorpe, yeah. And that's with Michelle Price. Awesome person, too. It's it. a great book. Um, So we just finished up the second book, and then I just finished up the third book last week. Nice. Um, so the whole trilogy should be out very soon. Really satisfying. It starts off with a mystery that is so unique, Um, and I never, ever knew where it was going to go. Um. And it does, it has a satisfying ending. It's a mystery gets solved. I, that's all I want to say about that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the other stuff I've uh, worked on that I can say. I'm on a lot of, I'm on a lot of NDAs right now, no, unfortunately. Okay. You know what I like to say when this happens? I, you don't tell me the names or anything like that, but you could, I always say like, okay, I'm going to be a warlock. I'm going to be a mafia man and I'm going to be a sexy elf. <laughs> ah, okay. I can say um, right now I just finished up something where I am dark romance mafia, but mafia over the wine industry. Ooh. Very interesting take. 
um, very different. Uh, and the wine industry is cutthroat and bloody. Huh. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. See? Don't have to worry about those NDAs. <laughs> no, I, was, I, I remember that. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear it. The cats already threw their bodies against the no, door. Yeah, I did not. Okay, now I think I heard one. Yeah. Oh, kitties. Give me a moment or two with a man. <laughs> well, um, looking forward to those. That And um, we'll be including the list. Because um, I'm sure something else will pop up between now and when this goes live on the 28th. So I'll make sure that we have the latest and greatest on the landing page. But in the interim, thank you so much for taking the time to thank hang out with you. me today. It's a pleasure. It was really, really great to be here. I had a, I had a great time. Look, I'm glad. So now that he's going to get better at social media, I'll make sure to include all his links so you guys can follow <laughs> him as well. And if he doesn't, just poke him a little bit about that, you know, Lego video. <laughs> <laughs> Feel can, free to. I need, I need that push. Yeah, you can find. Um, his links over at the episode uh, post at Viviana Enchanters the Books. And until next time, happy listening. Thank you to all of our audiobook loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Nixley Zenner, Carol Liebner, Brittany Robinette Leiter, Michelle Bastard, Brandy Schmidt, April Branson. The audiobook loving podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobookloving. We thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, VivianaEnchantressOfBooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.